Welcome back to the Sisters in Sustainability podcast. I am your host, Victoria Lynn. This week, we are here to discuss the intersection between the arts, education, and sustainable development goal for quality education, as we are joined by Arizona native, Alexis Niekamp. Alexis, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so thrilled to have you here and to be able to talk about the arts. But before we get started, if you wouldn't mind just telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yes, of course. I first want to start off by saying thank you so much for having me because this topic is very, I'm very passionate about and I cannot wait to kind of dive in a little bit more about how important it is to have the arts still involved in our entire country. And so my name is Alexis Niekamp. I am the current Miss Maricopa County within the Miss America organization and I live in Arizona. I was originally born and raised in San Jose, California. And I moved here when I was about 10 years old, and I call Arizona my home because it really is. That's where I found a lot of my passions, a lot of my arts, my love for arts um, within this beautiful state. And so I just am so excited to be able to inspire more people to get involved in the arts each and every day within the state of Arizona. Well, we are thrilled to have you here and be able to talk about this. I said it right before our interview started. Unfortunately, arts education seems like it's glossed over by so many people. And so to have an advocate here to talk about the importance of it is is really exciting. Um, But SDG4, quality education, is a large focus, I think, for people around the world as we're working to bridge many gaps between people and their education. However, this week, we're going to be talking and focusing mainly on, obviously, arts education, and it's very clear to see the impact that visual and performing arts have on people everywhere, from movies and TV to the music that we listen to and the art that we see every day. However, in many cases, students don't have access to this crucial education, as many school districts either don't have the resources or the core focus to provide arts education. So, Alexis, can you tell us a little bit more about your interest in getting involved in the arts, you know, what makes this such an important issue that you want to talk about? Yeah, so of course, I was actually raised in a single parent household. And the arts is where I found my safe place. At the age of four, I started dancing. And I also went to a very arts based school where we had a lot of funding for arts. And it was always something that was part of our curriculum. And I know that without the arts, I would not be the community servant I am today, the women, the businesswoman that I am today, and just the person that I am today without the arts. And so I'm really blessed to be able to have had the arts have such a major impact within my entire life. And so that's why the arts is something that I'm so passionate about, because I was able to also find a lot of my friendships, um, a a lot of the reason why I do what I do on a daily um, within the arts. And so... The arts community is huge. I personally think that the arts brings people together. And if you think about it, the arts are all around us every single day. And that's why it's so important. The way that I make my bed is different from the way you make your bed. And that's an art form. And I think that sometimes when it comes to the funding of schools and why it's been cut, 2008 was one of the biggest years of it being cut, all of our arts programs within the United States of America. And I think sometimes we tend to not notice how much the arts have an impact on our everyday lives and what we do. So what do you think it is jumping right into, I think the nitty gritty of this topic, you know, how can we bridge this gap for students who don't have a clear and defined access to the arts for starters? I think just starting off kind of like how I am is making it your mission, 
within anything and everything you do to continue to fundraise and keep more and more art supply drives going. Um, access to art supplies is one of the biggest things that tends to turn teachers away from continuing to keep their arts programs thriving. And so I've done a lot of art supply drives. And then also, of course, the funding for sure. I recently actually launched a mocktail fundraiser for arts. And so I was able to support local restaurants and we were able to raise over $600 just to give back to our local schools. And so I think being able to allow our schools to know that they have access to everyday people like me who really want to see the arts thrive and who really want to see um, our youth and younger generations and older generations come together um, to become more creative and self-expressive on a daily. I think just ensuring that the schools know that there is access to people like us. So moving forward as your advocacy continues, you know, tell us a little bit about the work that you've done previously. How have you been able to serve as an an advocate for arts education? So I actually have opened up my own dance studio. I opened up a dance studio when I was 19 years old. It has now been thriving and growing for seven years. I started dancing at the age of four and I had an amazing dance studio owner and teacher and her name was Marty at Marty's Dance Studio. And she was a major mentor and very impactful in my life. And when I moved to Arizona, one thing she asked me was that all I ask is that you give back because being a kid on scholarship and dance, especially in the 90s, was not something that you necessarily flaunted. It was more of a thing that you were almost bullied for to be on scholarship. And so all she asked was that I give back. Now, of course, being a 10-year-old, I'm like, okay, great. I don't know what that really means, but you know, I will hopefully get that light bulb moment as I slowly get older. Um, And so Fun fact, I actually in high school realized I really wanted to take my dance career to the next level. And so I told my mom, I was like, hey, I'm going to start a dance studio. And she was like, all right, well, we're going to keep our studies going just in case. And so I actually went to college full time at Northern Arizona University. I continued to go to college, continued to have that thought process in my mind that love and passion for dance in the back of my head the entire time. And then I actually started a job working with event planning and also working as a full-time manager at Planet Fitness. And so going to college full-time, also working as a hiring manager at Planet Fitness, I was saving up money left and right just to make sure to see maybe if my vision one day would come true. So of course, I got a lot of no's before I got a lot of yeses. And being 19 with no established credit either, and being on scholarship with school and things like that, there's not really too much to look at when you want to become an entrepreneur. And so it was really hard to just get someone to actually have faith in a 19-year-old to start a business. And so I finally was given that opportunity. I started in a 900-square-foot dance studio, very small. It was 900 square feet altogether, so including bathrooms, office, everything, Um, And actually, we are blessed to say that now Lessons by Lexi Dance Studio is in a 5,369 square foot space, and we have five other teachers that teach with me now. And we are continuing every single day to offer more scholarships for the arts, to get more kids involved. And we also host a 
local nonprofit theater company for all of their rehearsals. And so that's really fun. It's been really exciting being able to open up a safe space for kids to come thrive and become adults that really want to create more in our world and become who they were meant to be, not who people are telling them to be. So let's talk about this entrepreneurial spirit, because I knew through snooping through your social media that you did in fact own your own business, but I did not realize that it was at the age of 19. So first of all, let's kudos to you because that is just like a feat that I'm almost 25 years old. My dream is to own my own business. And I am pretty sure I'm like maybe 20 years away from that. The fact that you've done it at 19 is mind-blowing and congratulations because that is phenomenal so let's talk about this obviously the arts have been important to you but you've made it your life so how do you kind of find that balance between advocacy and work for sure so I'm a strong believer in passions and so if you're not passionate about anything you're doing why are you doing it like what is your why is one of the biggest questions that I ask myself on a daily. I ask my friends, I ask my family, I have my friends and family ask me that, like, what is your why check? There's always a vibe check of what is your why? Just to ensure that we are happy with what we're doing in our everyday life. Because if you're not happy and you're not passionate about what you're doing, then there's something else that you can always find to grow and thrive with. And so I have a passion for it. And I think that that's something that has helped bridge the advocacy and the work aspect simply because it doesn't feel like work. I always get to learn more and more about my students that I get to serve. Another thing that's really cool about my dance studio is we are an all-inclusive dance studio. I came from dance studios that were not necessarily all-inclusive. And so that was something that was always hard for me was not being able to see my friends or not being able to see based on our backgrounds, us in the same classes together. And so we actually have an all-inclusive dance studio. So it doesn't matter what your background is. You're allowed to be in similar classes with your friends. You're not in a special class, um, so to speak. And so that's something that I really do take pride in when it comes to being all-inclusive is just knowing that there's always something to grow on. So if you feel like it starts to become work or it feels like it starts to pull away from the passion or the branding that you have created, knowing that you can always pivot and you can always take a step back and really figure out what your why is and why you actually started it. Because that's really what's kept me going this entire time is what my why is and why I, in my heart, feel it's so important to keep the arts thriving. That is that is fantastic. I'm honestly speechless. I'm not somebody who usually doesn't know what to say, but I... I'm just blown away by what you're doing. And I'm so thrilled to see as you continue, which kind of helps transition perfectly into what I'm going to ask you next, which is about the Miss America organization. So you are obviously an advocate for the arts. You are a business owner, and you're also a delegate in the state of Arizona for the Miss America organization. Tell me about your journey into the Miss America organization. What brought you to want to compete for Miss America? The funny story, I actually was, I think, in maybe one or two beauty pageants when I was younger. Like my mom just entered me. It was kind of on a whim. It was for fun. And then I did a little bit of child modeling. I was actually a child model for Leapfrog Toy Company. And so I'm on the boxes for Leapfrog when I was younger. So that was really fun. So those are my only 
things that kind of, I guess you could say pageantry aspects to me um, at a young age. So I didn't actually, I was not born into this is something that I want everyone to know because I think sometimes when we see title holders and sashes and crowns, we're like, oh, that's just what they were meant to do. They have done it since they could barely walk, barely talk. And it's not for me. So that is not actually my story. I started pageantry as a miss six years ago within this organization. And every single year, fun fact, I have aged out. I've been aged back in. (laughs) So I know that starting this journey and continuing this journey on a daily is that is my why. There There is a reason that God put this vision in my heart and to continue to thrive with each and every title that I have received. I was given a initially a flyer to put up in my dance studio to have some of my dancers compete. And I was like, well, why not me? Like, what's the, what's the difference? So I actually entered myself in that pageant, the very first local. I walked away with Miss Congeniality and nothing else. <laughs> and honestly, that was one of the most learning experiences and what kept me in the org the most was the fact that I walked away from my first pageant without the sash and crown. Because I think that helped me learn and grow that, yes, you may not always walk away without the sash and crown, but your impact doesn't stop. It's not like you do not need your sash and crown. It's not necessary to have a sash and crown in order to impact and continue to do what you do on a daily. But of course, I got the pageant bug. So that next week I had to recompete because, you know, once you have the bug, it doesn't stop. (laughs) And so I recompeted and I did make my first title. And I... I'm so blessed to be able to have had that title. I have always kept the same community service initiative within this organization. And I have always kept the same vision and the why as to why I continue in this organization. And it's all about also the sisterhood that Miss America provides is a whole different level, I think, than a sisterhood in any aspect of your life, whether it be a college sisterhood, an everyday friendship sisterhood, a dance studio sisterhood. Um, it's just different. There's just something different about it. And that's exactly why we're talking today, I think is that pillar is so beyond important. And I think that it brings people together kind of like my community service initiative, the arts. At 10,000%. And that's something, A, I love that you said the pageant bug, because I think we talk about that all the time about you. It, it, this is an illness. We're sick. We're a little bit sick. <laughs> We, we just, you compete once and you go, oh my God, I'm in love with this. And then you never stop until you either win or they kick you out. Um, And so I totally, I 10,000% resonate with that. But I also think you're so right in talking about how the sisterhood is so different for the Miss America organization where it is anywhere else. I have met my three best friends competing in this organization and they're women that had we not had Miss America we probably never would have crossed paths. There was a, maybe a couple times where our paths overlapped, but it was never the right time nor the right place for us to meet each other. And I think it gives women who are all passionate and you know community servants at heart an opportunity to, to meet and network. And you do form lifelong bonds with people that you may never have imagined you would have had the opportunity to. And so you're so, so right in saying that But moving forward, what comes next for you in your Miss America journey? Yeah, so I'm actually prepping for state again. Um, We have state in June coming up. I'm really excited. I walked away with top five last year. So I'm really excited to get back on the stage and 
just really inspire more girls to compete um, within the state of Arizona. That is something that I don't have a quote unquote, I guess you would say typical pageant background, being a minority, being from a single parent household, um, being on scholarship all of my life for any sports activity that I ever wanted to do. I am just so blessed to be able to have this opportunity. And so that is kind of what's happening next with just the moving forward in the pageant journey. I am here for it. This is, <laughs> I was given another year. I, I was given a couple more years, honestly. And that is something that there's a reason. There's a reason that I feel in my heart. I feel that there is a major reason as to why I'm able to have this opportunity for that next chance to kind of step into the role of potentially a state title holder. Oh my God. Well, I am so excited for you. I I can't wait to follow and see exactly what happens. I know that the Miss Pennsylvania competition is also in June. We have so many that overlap, so it's tough right. to watch them as they're happening, but I'm just, it's, it's a very exciting feeling. I think being in the top five club, I know I've met a handful of women already through this season who have also been in the top five club. I was in the top five club in Miss Pennsylvania. So it's a very, it's like a buzzing feeling to know like, wow, look at how far I got. Let's see how far I can get this year. So I'm so thrilled that we've been able to talk to you and see your advocacy and see what is very clearly your heart and your love and your passion for the arts. But before we go, I want to ask, you know, obviously you work with a lot of young people, so I'm sure you give a ton of advice, but if you had to give advice to a young person who wanted to create positive change in the world, what would it be? Who? there's so much I want to say. However, I would have to go with embrace the changes because you never really know what's going to happen in your life. And I think that if you take a look outside, which I've told multiple classrooms that have windows where I'm talking to students, if you take a look at outside and you look at the trees, they all go through seasons, but they still stay rooted. They still stay grounded. And that is something that I want for our youth. I want for all generations. And I want for myself as well is to stay rooted, stay grounded in your truth, know what your morals and values are, but also know to embrace the changes because it's never going to be the same. <laughs> there is never going to be that smooth sailing. I love that. That is actually probably some of the best advice I've ever gotten because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what changes are going to exist. But thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute pleasure. To our listeners back at home, learn more about how you can help achieve the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals by following us on Instagram at Sustainability Starts With You and at Sisters in Sustainability Podcast. Join the hashtag SysPodNation today and remember that sustainability really does start with you. Thanks for listening.